Kentucky basketball has officially wrapped up non-conference play. We break down and grade every single player that got meaningful playing time for the Wildcats on today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You are Locked on Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, also co-host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama, also writer for USA Today for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. All right, non-conference play for the Kentucky Wildcats has officially wrapped up. They are about to start SEC play, and we're actually going to talk about the Missouri Tigers, who is uh, Kentucky's opponent they will be facing off against on Wednesday. We'll be breaking down the uh, the Tigers on tomorrow's episode, but we're actually going to talk about the uh, Tigers a little bit today at the end of uh, today's episode because there are some COVID issues uh, that are that are uh, circling around the program, some issues within the program. We're going to talk about that, how, how that could potentially affect uh, the Kentucky's matchup with the Tigers on Wednesday night. But we're going to start off today's episode, non-conference grades for Kentucky. Kentucky's position groups, uh, their basketball team, that is. We're going to go through every single player that got meaningful playing time uh, for the Wildcats. We're going to break down kind of what they've done up until this point in non-conference play, and we're going to give them a grade. So let's go ahead and start it off here. Severe Wheeler, uh, the transfer from Georgia, as you may know. Uh, he was a very solid point guard for the Bulldogs, and he's been a very solid point guard for the Kentucky Wildcats so far this season. He's averaging 11 points per game, 2.5 rebounds per game, and 7.7 assists. I don't know if 7.7 assists per game is still best in the nation, but at one point during the season, during the non-conference slate, he was the nation's best assist man, at least in terms of average assists per game. I would give him an A-. minus. I think that he has played phenomenally for the Wildcats this season. He has been at times... Uh, he he has not been able to score uh, at least consistently, and that was to be expected. He was not a good shooter at Georgia. I uh, did not expect him to really blossom into a three-point shooter this year. I believe he's only shooting about 22% from the um, beyond the arc, uh, but overall very solid numbers from Severe Wheeler, and we talked about his ability to break down teams and transition on yesterday's day's episode, and you very well know if you've watched Severe Wheeler at all this season, he's one of the best in the nation doing so. So hats off to Kentucky for going out and getting a point guard like Severe Wheeler that has played so phenomenally uh, up until this, this point in the season. I think the only thing that I would ask uh, from him in SEC play is more consistent three-point shooting, but honestly, I don't expect that to necessarily be something that he he develops, and I don't necessarily think that's something that this offense is going to ask him to develop. So, Severe Wheeler, A-. Ty Ty Washington, uh, the uh, freshman guard for Kentucky out of uh, the state of Arizona, 13.9 points per game, 4.2 rebounds per game, and 3.6 assists per game. Ty Ty has played very well up until this point in the season. I believe he's done a lot of things really, really well, specifically in catch-and-suit situations when they are, when the Wildcats are running in transition. Uh, him and Severe Wheeler, very, very solid backcourt duo. Ty Ty is kind of a, a combo guard. I know that he starts at shooting guard for the, uh, for the Wildcats, but it feels like at times that he can run the offense and he can run it well as uh, proven by his 3.6 assists per game. Something that stands out uh, about Ty Ty to me st- 
statistically, he shoots almost 50% from the floor, 49.2% uh, to be specific, and he shoots 37.8% from three. He's taken 27 three-point attempts so far this season. I would give Ty Ty an A- minus as well. I think he's played very well. I think Kentucky's backcourt has been one of the main reasons that they have found success this season. I don't think they utilize the two, these two guys enough in Severe Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington. Um, less wheel or more tie tie, uh, but I definitely think that they have done good things for the Wildcats uh, up until this point in the year. Davion Mintz, uh, as you may know, 2020 averaged 11 and a half points per game. This season, it's gone down actually quite a bit. He's averaging right at seven points a game, 3.4 rebounds, and one and a half assists per contest. He's shooting 32.7% from the floor, and that is the reason why I have Davion Mitz list, listed as a C plus. Look, I know as guards, you're not going to shoot as high of a percentage as your big men, right? That's just not what the offense is going to do. You're almost rarely going to see that in college basketball and high school ball in pro ball. You're not going to see guards typically shoot better than big men because big men are going to be closer to the basket. They're going to be shooting at the rim, right? Higher percentage shots, higher percentage looks. But with a guy like Davion Mitz, and I'll continue to go down the list here and look at some of the guards, and I think you'll you'll start to understand why I have Mintz listed as a C+. He's not necessarily grown, obviously, because Ty Ty has kind of taken his place. But as a backup, he's not shooting well. And what do you want? from guys off the bench. You want them to be spark plugs. You want them to be efficient. You want them to kind of hold things over until the starters catch their breath and they come back into the game. Does Davion Mint shooting only 32, 33% from the floor do that for this Kentucky Wildcats team? I don't believe that he does, at least not to the ability that he had last season. Again, I know his role shrunk, but he's not making the most of his minutes. Don, uh, Dante Allen, uh, 5.1 points per game, 2.6 rebounds per game, and 0.3 assists per game, shooting 34.2% from the floor. I'm also going to give Dante a C-. Minus, I don't think either Davian Mintz or Dante Allen, they're not particularly playing well on the offensive end. Now, defensively, I think these guys do bring some things to the table, but I, it's kind of been an average to above average to slightly below average uh, performance from Mintz and Allen. And look, it's not just because, oh, well, they're only averaging five points a game. Well, we're going to bump them down. I understand that these guys are not playing as many minutes as guys like Severe Wheeler, Ty Ty Washington, and we'll get to others, some other guards here later on down the line. But still, I don't feel like these two guys and Allen and Mintz are making the most of their minutes. I don't think that they are being as productive as they could be. And so that's why I have them graded uh, not necessarily as low because it's not like they're failing. It's not like a D plus or an F. It's, it's not like any of these guys have failed. I'm just saying I think that we could see some more efficient minutes from them in SEC play. All right, final guy here before we move on, Kellen Grady. Uh, averaging 11.2 points per game, two rebounds, and 1.1 assists per contest. I've got Kellen Grady listed as a B plus, and I'll explain why in just a second. He's shooting 50.6% from the floor and 47.5% from three. He's taken 61 three-point attempts this season, and he only has four turnovers. The Wildcats have played 11 games. Kellen Grady only has four turnovers, and he's, he's their starting small forward. That is phenomenal. Uh, he's played very, very well. B-plus, though, so why does he have a B-plus grade if he's played very well? Statistically shot fantastic from the floor. It's because I don't think Kentucky utilizes him enough. I don't think that he has grown into the role that I think that he will have at the end of this season. I believe his numbers are going to go up. 
not statistically from the floor, but if we points per game wise, rebounds per game, assists, I think he's going to become more of a focal point of this offense as the uh, season goes on. I think we're going to see him become a very, very clutch player uh, in SEC play. B plus, I think that's fair. You could list him as an A minus. I think that would be fair as well. Uh, again, 50.6% from the floor. And something that we've talked about, and you know this, Kellen Grady is that three-point shooter, that specialist, that guy that can that can provide a spark from outside the arc. He's been that guy for the Wildcats this season. Again, 2,000 points scored at Davidson. We've said it so many different times on this show. He's a scorer, but he's not just a shooter from three, right? He can actually shoot mid-range, floaters, layups. He's got the arsenal. That's why he's shooting over 50% from the floor and not just a high percentage from three. He's more than just a three-point shooter. He is. Uh, he's definitely a weapon uh, for the Kentucky Wild. Wildcats. Art, we're going to talk about more of uh, Kentucky's uh, players that have gotten meaningful minutes. We're going to talk about what they have done, some of their grades, in just a second. All right, continuing along here on the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody that we are free and available on all platforms. All right, moving along here, Jacob Toppin, 5.3 points per game, 3.4 rebounds per game, and 1.9 assists per contest. She's shooting 48.4% from the floor. I've got Jacob Toppin listed as a B plus. I really like what I've seen from Toppin. Uh, we talked about it on yesterday's show, talked about how Kentucky utilized him to break down that Western Kentucky 2-3 zone in the most recent uh, contest for the uh, Kentucky Wildcats. Look, as a reserve forward, almost five and a half points per game, three and a half rebounds per game, and two assists, and you're shooting that well, I'm very pleased with that. And I don't know necessarily if I think, I don't know if Kentucky's going to ask more from Jacob Toppin as the year goes along. I think he fits his role well. I think he understands his role well. And I think he's playing within himself very, very well. He's not, and you know, I, I hate to say this, but let's be objective here. Jacob Toppin is not who his brother was, at least coming out of college. He's not like Obi. He, but I will say this, Jacob Toppin understands his role and he fits it very, very well, like I just said a second ago. Uh, Keon Brooks Jr., 10.9 points per game, 4.3 rebounds per game, and 0.3 assists per game. He's shooting 46.9% from the floor and 23.1% from three. He's fourth on the team in field goal attempts, and he is fourth on the team in scoring. I've got Keon Brooks listed as a B-. minus. I do like the numbers there. I like the fact that he's scoring in double figures. I like the fact that he's getting rebounds. I like the fact that he's shooting almost 47% from the floor. What I don't like is his shooting from three, and obviously you're not going to get high percentage looks from guys that are that are, that are as tall as Keon. You're not going to get high percentage looks from these forwards, but but still, what I don't like about Keon, the reason that I've listed him as a B minus is again the three point shooting, and the fact that I don't like his shot selection. I don't like the mid range pull ups. I don't like the baseline jumpers. I do not. If you've listened to this podcast, you know I'm not a fan of what Kentucky has done so often this season, which is just mid range pull up after mid range pull up. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. I'd have to go do a little bit of research. But Kentucky jacks up way too many mid-range pull-up jumpers for my liking. And I think a lot of them come from Keon Brooks. Look, you're scoring 11 a game. I'm not going to ask you to do too much outside of that. You're playing well within your role. But I think he has to cut down. Well, not necessarily. Let me rephrase. He doesn't have to cut down on the two-point jumpers. I think he just needs to simply have better shot selection. And that will uh, will garner better numbers, I think, in SEC play, even though he's playing against more difficult competition. Bryce Hopkins. 3.2 rebounds per game, 2.2 or 3.2 points per game, excuse me, 
2.2 rebounds per game, and 0.4 assists per contest. Hopkins is shooting uh, 42.4% from the floor. I've got him listed as a, as a uh, B, or excuse me, a C+. Plus. Uh, listen, you're shooting 42% from the floor as opposed to some of these, these other guys. That's not a great metric. I know that you're playing as a reserve, 3.2 points per game. Not that half bad. Could be a little bit higher, and it could be the re- the reason that he's not scoring as much is because he's not shooting as well of a percentage uh, from the floor. Look, this guy's a Ford. He's going to be asked to do things close to the basket if the uh, if he does get those touches in games. And I don't think honestly, you look at the pers- the shooting percentage. He's not made just like Davion Mintz and Dante Allen. He's not made the most of his minutes. I think he is going to continue to grow as a player. I don't. It's not that I dislike any of these players. It's just I think that we can see more out of them as non-conference play moves along. Look, not everybody's going to be a winner. Not everybody's going to be scoring at the end of the, the year 10 points a night, right? I'd like to see that. I'd like to see this team pull that off, but it's not going to happen. Could Bryce Hopkins be one of those players that just kind of falls back a little bit, that's going to kind of be uh, you know, waiting in the wings, uh, so to speak, uh, in terms of his, uh, his potential? He's never going to actually potentially fully realize it. I think he could potentially be one of those players. Not saying he will be. Not saying I want him to be. Just saying that's a possibility. Damian Collins, 4.6 points per game, 2.6 rebounds per game, 0.3 assists per game. He's shooting 62.9% from the floor. I would give Damian Collins a B plus. He has been on and off at times. I don't think the coaching staff plays him enough. I think he's got incredible balance, incredible athleticism. He could bring a lot of things to the table for this Kentucky Wildcats team. He's not going to be a three-point shooter, but he is going to be able to fly to the rim, and he's going to be able to do a lot of great things offensively and defensively because of his length and his athleticism. So I think he uh, I think he plays well as a reserve. I think he plays uh, his uh, role well. I think that he's, you know, for a freshman, he's got room to grow. Uh, certainly he's not playing perfect in every single area of the game. But I definitely think that uh, he's playing well for what Kentucky's asking him to do, which is be that bouncy guy coming off the bench. So uh, Damian Collins listed as a B plus. And then finally here, uh, before we move along, Oscar Shebway, 16.1 points per game, 15.5 rebounds per game, best in the business, and 1.1 assists per contest. Shebway is shooting 64.9% from the floor, and I really don't think it gets much better than this, guys. I think it's got to be an A. It's got to be close to an A plus. Uh, honestly, I think you could you you could uh, you could give Oscar Sheway an A plus grade. I wouldn't be mad at it. Although I will say nothing is perfect. If you were to ask me on a given day, hey Lance, what do you think about this on a scale of one to ten? I'm probably never going to give it a ten because most because I'll always come back to it's not perfect, right? Sheway's not shooting perfectly, but in this scenario. What he's being asked to do, I think he's filling his role very well, being that lead guy, being that rebounder, being that guy that gets those uh, offensive rebounds, cleans up on the glass, plays very, very well within the paint, has great footwork, great touch, can also shoot uh, from about 16, 17 feet. He's shown the ability to have that shot, and honestly, the fact that he's made as many as he has at this point in the season is surprising to me. Uh, You could not find a better forward in college basketball right now at least you would be hard pressed to in my opinion because Oscar Shibway is doing a lot of different things for the Wildcats he's not just playing offense right he's getting those rebounds he's getting offensive rebounds and he's playing defense I think that uh, I think he's as complete of a player as you will find in the country all right so those are the non-conference uh, grades for this Kentucky Wildcats team if you have any any comments on the grades that I have given all these players we have an Instagram now 
at Locked On Kentucky. If you want to shoot me a DM, uh, I would absolutely love to uh, to talk to you, and I would absolutely love to field your questions about this Kentucky basketball team. We may do some type of of question centered show here in the next week or so. I'd absolutely love to get your get y'all's thoughts on this Kentucky basketball team, and we're going to talk about. Now that we finished up with non-conference play, we're going to talk about SEC play here in just a second. Conzel Martin dealing with some COVID issues. We're going to talk about what that could potentially mean for Kentucky basketball's matchup with Missouri uh, on Wednesday in just a second. But before we do that, today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the College Bowls this season and the Pro Football Playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, so don't wait. Take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so we were just talking there for a second about Conzo Martin and uh, the uh, Missouri Tigers. Martin, obviously, head coach of the Missouri basketball program. Martin has tested positive for COVID-19, and he will not be available to coach the Tigers this Wednesday. Uh, he said, quote, he said in a tweet, quote, encouraging everyone to stay safe, to, uh, stay safe during, geez, stay safe during this holiday season. I've tested positive for COVID, feeling well and thankful for our athletic training staff following protocol and keeping our team healthy. Our program is excited and ready to start conference play. So the uh, the team is ready to start conference play, but he himself is not going to be there. And this is not good news for a Missouri program that feels like it's in a bit of a perpetual rebuild. They've had talented players come in and out of the program over the past uh, five seasons that uh, Conzo Martin has been there. And you look at the records that uh, Martin has had during his time with the Tigers. So he is uh, 20 and 13, or he was 20 and 13 in his first year with uh, Missouri. And then he was 15 and 17. 15 and 16, 16 and 10, and he is off to a 6 and 6 start this season. And again, like I mentioned earlier, perpetual rebuild, or at least it feels like a little bit of a perpetual rebuild for the Missouri Tigers because he was brought in to kind of rejuvenize the program, right? Or to rejuvenate, excuse me. He was brought in to kind of bring some energy uh, to the Missouri Tigers and, and their basketball program. And it kind of feels like they're just. Is slowly on a decline. Again, 6-6 six and six so far this season. They've not been playing very well offensively. In fact, in times they've gone completely cold uh, from the floor. I'm interested to see how they play without their head coach uh, later on uh, tomorrow. Excuse me. Yeah, tomorrow uh, whenever uh, Missouri takes on Kentucky. And I also will point out, could this potentially spread to the players? Could we potentially see some uh, Missouri players uh, opt or not? Excuse me, not opt out. This is this is not football. Could we see some Missouri players not uh, be available to play against the Wildcats because of COVID? Well, uh, I want to point out the SEC will now use the seven and one rule. They've changed their COVID-19 policies, which means can, uh, teams will now be required to play if they have at least seven scholarship players available and one countable coaching staff member available. If teams have fewer than those numbers available, they can still play if they want. If not, the game will be rescheduled or declared a no contest. So 
I would like to imagine that Missouri at this point does have seven players available, and they do have one coaching staff member available. So I believe the game this Wednesday will actually happen, and we are going to break down that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Pound. Uh, again, we'll be recapping, or we will be previewing, excuse me, Kentucky versus Missouri, opening up conference play. How do the Wildcats handle it? We'll talk about it tomorrow. Everybody, see you all then. God bless.